what does the data show us about surviving COVID-19? And what does God have to say to us about surviving COVID-19? That's what we're talking about today on Insights. bumpy ride that President Trump forecasted. And uh, hopefully after these two weeks, we're going to see a diminishing of the confirmed cases that are being registered every day. Now, um, looking at the news, you can get both depressed and fearful uh, over a lot of things. And it seems like a lot of things are giving a certain angle to it or a shade of of panic or, or stress or confusion and things that really I don't think are uh, valid, uh, and I want to share the data here in a, in a minute, um, but we need to be careful. You know, Jesus talked about a father of lies, and we don't want to be complicit with the father of lies in terms of spreading fear. Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, so therefore, at least followers of Jesus, we should be having a spirit of peace and the other fruit of the spirit that God gives us. And I want to say too that the, the Holy Spirit can manifest in us with wisdom. And that's what I want to share here, just some of the data, just so that we're not getting caught up in not only a pandemic, but in a panicking situation. So just to get started here, the last uh, video on, on the coronavirus that I produced was two weeks ago. And I want to compare the numbers exactly two weeks to the day. So. Uh, two weeks ago, March 20th, uh, we had worldwide almost 250,000 cases that had been confirmed. Today, on April 3rd, we have just over 1 million. So we have four times the total confirmed cases. And, I, and like two weeks ago, I'm using the Johns Hopkins University website to, to uh, share these statistics. Secondly, uh, deaths two weeks ago worldwide, we were at 10,000. Um, today we're at 55,000, so that has increased over fivefold. Now, in the U.S., uh, on March 20th, we had just over 14,000 confirmed cases. Today, there's just over 245,000 cases reported. And then in terms of deaths in the U.S., it was a little over 200 on March 20th, and today on April 3rd, it is just over 6,000. And even those numbers can kind of move us in the direction of, oh no, where's this headed? And the trajectory doesn't look good. Let me now share a few things that I think can help us see this for what it is more clearly. The Center for Disease Control um, they, they had 72,000 confirmed cases already in the data they could look at back on February 11th, so almost two months ago. And this is what they were sharing back then. And what I'm going to get to, these numbers are holding up even though it ha is almost two months later. These numbers are still uh, uh, fairly accurate. Anyway, with over 72,000 cases, the CDC reported that of people that are 80 years old or older, there is an 85% survival rate. Have you heard that on the news? <laughs> um, yes, 15%, which is a high percentage for uh, mortality rate. Yes, 15% do die, but often it's, it's related to other complications. But anyway, let's go on here. Those in their 50s, 
the death rate is only 1.3% in their 40s, 0.4%, and those between 39 years of age all the way down to 10 years of age, 0.2%. These are the facts. And I believe that as God is calling us to do certain things in this day and hour as the body of Christ to, to, to help in this whole situation, I'll get to that later. But one thing is, is let's not add to the confusion. Let's not add to the panic. Um, what, where we're headed here is that the data shows that there's overall a 1% mortality rate. In other words, 99% of the people that get coronavirus, they recover. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, what about people with pre-existing medical conditions and the elder and all that? Don't you have to factor that in? Though the 1% mortality rate and the 99% recovery rate, that is factoring everybody in. We need to kind of get rooted here with what's actually going on and not just get stirred up by the media. And if I have a bone to pick, it is with the media. I believe that, that it isn't that they haven't reported the things I'm sharing here, but it's that they've, they've minimized them or slanted or put a spin on them in such a way that, that it is terrifying. It, I, like I said, I'm pretty rooted in what's going on here, but I can even find myself going and looking at uh, news sites and various things. And, and I would say both conservative and liberal that there's things there that can cause panic and we need to be careful. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's part of President Trump's COVID-19 response team, and he's on the news all the time. I'm not necessarily a huge fan. That's another story for a different day. But he even announced what I just described. Now, let me read this exact quote from him. He says, if one assumes that the number of asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic cases is several times as high as the number of reported cases. So we've got a lot of people out there that have it, but they're either no symptoms or there's no reason to go to the doctor. At least they don't feel that, so they don't, they just recover, okay? The case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. Now, I was just quoting 1%. I'm trying to round it off, keep it even. He said it likely should be even far less than 1%. And again, that's even when you include the elderly. Elderly, It's even when you include those that already have compromised immune systems and pre-existing health conditions. Okay, let me read on. It says, this suggests that the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ulti ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza, which has a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1% or a pandemic influenza, similar to those in 1957 and 1968, rather than diseases similar to SARS or MERS, those were both the respiratory uh, syndromes that we had here in the last couple decades. And it says, which have had case fat fatality rates of 10% for SARS and 36% for MERS. I mean, so far COVID-19, yes, it's much more uh, contagious and we, we'll get to that, but in terms of the numbers, these, are, these numbers don't even compare. COVID-19 does not compare with SARS and MERS in terms of the fight fatality rate. It's either 1% or even, as Dr. Fauci has seen, far below that. Now, moving on from here, the, the data is getting more and more confirmed. And we need to stick with the data. And this is all related to what I'm proposing here, that how do you survive COVID-19? Well, 99% of the people will survive. Now, I'm going to get to the 
1% um, here in a little bit. I think we can help that group as believers uh, uh, wonderfully and, and, and powerfully. But, but let me just stick with this for the moment. So much of the media hysteria over the last month or two was based on the model called the Imperial College London model out of the UK. Okay, so they, they were trying to give a range. Well, all of the media hyped and went with the most extreme case scenario possible. 2.2 million people in America dying, 500,000 in the UK dying. That was if we did nothing, and we all know that we are doing quite a bit, both in the UK and here in this country. But anyway, just on March 26th, they dramatically downgraded their numbers. Get this, based on the data, which is lining up with the data I just quoted a little bit earlier. And it says um, that because of, of the model, and they're saying what Dr. Fauci said, that a lot of people had have had the virus already and they didn't know about it because they never went to the doctor or they never had a test. So many people had it already, they weren't factoring those people into the overall number. So when you take the deaths, you need to divide that number by the total number of people who have had it. And what they're trying to factor in now, not just those that have been confirmed cases, but how many people out there actually have had it in general, in the general public. So um, this is what they're coming up with now. This is the Imperial College London model. This is Neil Ferguson, the one who is quoted with this model, that they have downgraded in the UK from 500,000 likely deaths if they did nothing in the UK. 20,000 and even, as I'm going to read here in a moment, even far less than that. So why are we being stirred up to the degree that we are? That's a great question. So in the U.S., their, their most um, severe model, if, if nothing was done in the U.S., that we'd see 2.2 million people die in this country. Well, they, they reduced that number to at least 500,000. Um, which in both of these cases, the UK and the US, these are significant reductions. In the UK, they reduced the likely fatality rate by 96%. That's a big shift. In the US, when they downgraded their estimates to 500,000 here, that's a reduction of 78% less deaths than what they thought could, could have happened. So um, to their to their credit or their defense, I want to say that they did have other models that showed lower rates, but the media wasn't too excited to quote those. Rather, um, let's let's get everybody stirred up, you know, bad news sells kind of a thing. Well, anyway, um, again, that they, they realized that so many more people uh, throughout the UK had already contracted the virus and that's why they got this much lower number. But let's do this just for fun. Let's go with their most extreme number here in the U.S., which was 2.2 million deaths. If you take that and you divide it by the U.S. population, 330 million, you get a 0.7% um, mortality rate. So even if you take their worst case scenario, you're still less than 1% of all Americans, but, 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 People that study pandemics, epidemiologists, and all these people, they're, they're saying in any culture, regardless of how bad a pandemic is, 20 to 40% of the people just don't get it. Now, they again, they could be asymptomatic and they actually got, got the virus, but they just had no symptoms. I mean, that's possible. But 20 to 40% for all practical purposes, they don't show any signs in any 
a pandemic epidemic, regardless of how bad it is, okay? So let's do this. Let's take the 330 million people in the US. Let's just take half. Let's be generous, not 20 or 40%. Let's take 50% out of the equation. So now let's take 2.2 million projected deaths in the worst case scenario, and let's divide it by 165 million, or in other words, half of the US population. Even then, you only get a 1.3% fatality rate. So again, our culture has gotten very stirred up and even in, in panic and fear and all of these kinds of things. And COVID-19 is a real issue. I'm not minimizing that. There are real people dying in New York City. That's a serious situation. But here's my point. Overall, most people are clueless if, uh, if, if themselves with 99 of their friends and family members all got sick, that 99 just based on the statistics will recover. So now I'm feeling your vibe here uh, coming right through the computer screen and you're saying, but what about Italy? What about China, those original numbers? What about New York City? Okay, there's a lot of reasons why certain cultures or target groups have a higher rate of COVID-19. But let me quote a significant one that has been largely passed over by a leading infectious disease doctor and researcher in Germany. And his name is Dr. Bakhti. And if you want to look him up, his last name is spelled B-A-H-K-D-I. And he reveals that both in China and in Northern Italy, get this, there are horrific levels of pollution among the most polluted areas on the entire planet, both China and Northern Italy. In fact, he said that, that Northern Italy is known as the China of Europe because of their high pollution levels. Then he goes on to explain that the average person, their lungs have been damaged over years of breathing in this kind of pollution. So of course they're more susceptible to a respiratory virus like COVID-19. So we're like, hear these reports from Italy and the, the hospitals are full and there's people that are dying in their 30s and 40s and 50s and it's not just over. What's going on? Dr. Bhakti explains their lungs were already damaged. They were already in a compromised situation. Now, he, he doesn't get into great detail, but he also moves New York City into that kind of a, a demographic as well. I mean, it's not as polluted as, as many places in China or in Northern Italy, but there would be more pollution when you have that many million people concentrated and living together. And we also need to be careful with New York City because there's so many millions there. We need to wait to see how these, these numbers come out. Now, there is one scenario, which is why both the federal and state governments have been taking such extreme measures, that this 1% or less fatality rate it could increase if the medical system is overwhelmed. In other words, you need a respiratory because you do have uh, a situation uh, where you need to be hospitalized because of the COVID uh, virus. So in that case, if you could not get a respiratory, you cannot maybe get a hospital bed, you cannot get, there's these new medications that are coming forth, that, but maybe you can't get those. That could be the scenario where we would see a bit higher uh, death rate related to this this whole thing. So it seems that um, in in this battle that that age is not our friend as well as pre-existing medical conditions and uh, immune systems that have been compromised. And so just so we're aware of that, like 
I would definitely, okay, if I fell into that demographic of being 70 or older or had a, a, a compromised immune system, I would definitely not be going out at all either, regardless of what the government said. Even if the government said, go do whatever you want, I would be practicing social distancing. But what are some of these other factors that, that we do see people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s passing away from COVID-19? Uh, the big ones are pre-existing heart condition, pre-existing lung condition, obviously. These would be two of the primary ones, which again, Dr. Bakhti out of Germany, he highlights those specifically. You need to be extremely careful if you have that. But there's also other ones like obesity. Um, that, that's a compromising condition. Diabetes would compromise us. Smoking would compromise us. So there's a handful of these top uh, related health issues that we do need to be aware of. And that is really where we could even see that 1%, or as Dr. Fauci and others have said, even less than 1% that really uh, will get a case that, that ends in a fatality. Um, that's where we need to be extremely careful with those kinds of people. So as we continue to navigate this pandemic in our nation and world, there's, uh, there's just important things we need to remember. Putting all pandemics aside, we know that over time, we have a 100% mortality rate. Everybody alive over something will pass away. And we right now have a moment in our nation and world where people are thinking more about death and what'll happen to them in eternity and these kinds of things. We need to help people survive eternally. And where I would begin with talking with people is especially so many are in fear. Um, I actually wouldn't start highlighting these statistics in the media first. What I would do is I would say, well, what are you fearful of? And let them talk. And first question is, well, do you know the Lord? And that's when we can share our testimony. We know the Lord. We know our sins are forgiven. We know where we're going, even if we fall into that 1%. So, we want to use this time as a shaking in our nation to connect with people, connect the gospel, and help people have a 100% survival rate for eternity. Another thing that I highlight early, I just want to highlight again, is let's, um, let's not try to scare people. Like, these statistics are accurate. And they're only being confirmed week after week, especially since February 11th to now the beginning of April. Let's not be complicit with the enemy trying to, to, to destroy lives and so forth. So yes, I get upset with the media because I don't feel like they share things often in a balanced way. They keep slapping one 30-year-old person up there that died of COVID-19 rather than explaining the overall picture and, and what is actually going on. But with that said, behind the media is this father of lies that really wants us to live uh, stress and fear and not based on truth. One of the best things we can do as believers is to share the truth, whether it's on this topic or any other topic, the truth will clear the fog. So while I believe that the, um, the, the fear over COVID-19 has been capitalized upon, used, let's just say it's to, to move a, a certain agenda or just simply to move newspapers, if you want to put it that way. Well, I do believe that there could be further, much greater shakings coming to our nation, and we want to be responding in faith and not fear. And specifically, with COVID-19, the longer it goes on, 
there's greater and greater question if not only will we be experiencing a recession in our nation, but a depression, and there can be great fear over what's coming um, to our, our way of life here in America, and that needs to be navigated spiritually as well. And I want to include that today as part of our survival message to ourselves, but also to other people that need Christians to, to help them know the way. I look forward to being with you next time on Insights.